This Tailgate Society podcast is brought to you by our good friends at Deadeye Premium Barbecue Products. Born in Iowa and made in the heartland, Deadeye is your go-to source for everything barbecue. Sauces, seasonings, you name it. They've made a science out of great grilling flavor. It's more than a sauce. Whether you're cooking sliders, dogs, steak, or chicken, Deadeye has the explosive flavor needed to make every dish delicious. Try a splash of their sweet and smoky original recipe or turn up the heat with their Magnum Edition barbecue sauce. Both flavors are available in seasonings as well as sauces. So pick your favorite and prepare your taste buds for an unforgettable eating experience. Deadeye Premium Barbecue products are available at Fairway, Hy-Vee, Amazon, or at DeadeyeBBQ.com. We're here with a new episode of Sports and Corks. We'll be returning to our normal layout um, for this week. We hope you enjoyed the bonus episode that we put out on Monday about the Dennis Rodman 30 for 30. If you haven't listened, check that out and watch the documentary. Um, I'm Emily Taranka. And I'm Emily Cornell. And we will dive right into college football. So, Emily, previously this year you said that Baylor could be the dark horse of their conference. And what do you know? They're undefeated and now ranked 22nd. <laughs> so how long do you think that's going to last? Or what are your thoughts about the status of Baylor's season? So while I don't think that the big 12 is playing themselves like the PAC 12 or like everyone yeah. just keeps losing to everyone. And I, I think that Baylor started the season with like not stiff competition. Um, I mean, they started conference play against Iowa State, and that was kind of a rough game for Iowa State, who now they kind of they hit their stride in October. And even the person who had told me that um, Baylor was going to be like the dark horse of the Big 12 was like, I'm glad that we played Iowa State earlier in the season. Um, but I think that looking at the week ahead for Baylor, they play Texas Tech, and I think Texas Tech had kind of surprised people this weekend with like beating Oklahoma State. But that being said, they also dropped a game against Arizona and Oklahoma. And um, I don't know. I think that the future for Baylor is just going to be an interesting one. And just them being ranked kind of shook me. And realistically, the only, I mean, after Texas Tech, if they, if Texas Tech kind of goes back to being so-so, Baylor's not going to have a challenge until they play Oklahoma in November. (laughs) And then after that, they'll play Texas. But if Baylor wins every game up until Oklahoma, has a pretty strong game against Oklahoma, I think they might be able to beat Texas. <laughs> Just oh, because no. Texas is so up and down yeah. and um, sometimes they're really good, sometimes... To call Katy just, Perry, they're hot and they're cold. Yeah, and I mean, like, don't get me wrong, Texas is a good team, it's a good program, but they're kind of young and, like, inconsistent when it matters. So, um, just have a lot of... A lot of thoughts on that Baylor game, or Baylor's team right now. But um, yeah, they had a good weekend. Did you watch any any games this weekend? Um, I watched part of the Auburn and Florida game. I don't remember what I was doing when I wasn't watching it. I think I was running errands or something boring. 
but Florida beats Auburn um, 24-13. So that was a pretty close game, like everyone kind of thought it would be. Um, yeah. I don't know. The SEC is kind of a little bit up in the air right now. I mean, like it always is, I guess, because so many of the teams in the SEC are in you know, the top 10 or fit yeah. in their rankings. Um, yeah. So I'm just kind of interested to see like how the season continues for that conference and who comes out on top. So I'm thinking, um, having, I think Georgia might be. Yeah. I think that's pretty good. Showing up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, did you get the chance to watch the Arizona Colorado game? I did watch a bit of it. (laughs) Not the very end. Yeah. some plans um but yeah sell out but not the result they wanted obviously no and I think how Adam last week had talked about Colorado kind of needing momentum going into Oregon. the Oregon game this week in Eugene um Colorado's gonna have a, huff, a really tough time on Friday night yeah they are I think I just ho- I hope it's not a blowout I don't think it'll be a blowout, but I do think that they're going to struggle just like putting all the pieces together. I I think Oregon was also kind of slow moving this weekend, but I think after after that they're like getting ready to pick it up. Yeah. But it's an af- Pac-12 after dark game, so Colorado could shock us. On a Friday night, which is even more spooky in terms of what can happen. Pac-12 after dark. Friday night games a lot of times are the wildest. They are. So, we'll see what happens there. Um, did you watch Washington-Stanford by chance? Um, I definitely did not. <laughs> I was not was watching any Pac-12 games. Oh, yeah. What time did that... I feel like that game got over at, like, really late my time, so... It would have been extremely late. I was my friends that I was staying with on the East Coast. They were like, I was like, oh, let's watch this Pac-12 game, and they're like, um, that game starts very late. You will have been asleep, and I'm like, oh, I forgot about that because like <laughs> when you're in Central Time, like ah, oh, it's kind of a late game, but you can catch the first half maybe. Yeah, on the East Coast, you're, all bets are off. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I think that it ended at like twelve thirty or something. Yeah, no, uh, Montana or not Montana time, Mountain time, <laughs> one and the same, I guess. Yeah, so Washington just kind of looked clunky. Um, they just didn't have much going on. Um, Stanford, like their coaching, um, was looked pretty solid, um, mm-hmm. and. They were just kind of like outplayed in that game. Um, my, I was texting my dad about it, and he made a comment. He was like, "Pac-12 is all caps, not the conference of champions." Oh, got him! <laughs> Which is, um, and he's like a very big supporter of Pac-12 teams. Like he always wants teams on the West Coast to do well. And um, so I was like, um, "Yeah, I mean, it's one thing for you or I to say that, but like, he's a very big supporter of." back the pack and uh he was just like this is tough um yeah so stanford upsets washington um i was fine with that like yeah it's just more you know creates more topsy-turviness and then i guess like the last game that we wanted to talk about was 
um, UCF Cincinnati. Pour one out for UCF. <laughs> for real. Um, I feel like, I don't know, maybe this is kind of a jump, but I wonder if UCF fans like feel similarly to Gonzaga fans like pre-Final Four because like every year they expect, you know, lately they expect to have like a really solid season and not really lose. Um, mm-hmm. So like I wonder if it's kind of similar um, in terms of just expectations of like how the games are going to turn out. Um, yeah. And then when you don't win, it's like people are super disappointed, but it's like, well, I mean, you still have a lot to show, like just in terms of your stats and records and whatnot. Um, it's still pretty impressive. They Cincinnati ended their um, winning streak of 19 games um, in their conference. So, yeah, yeah, it's but, it's rough. <laughs> yeah, they'll they'll jump back and they'll you know get that conference streak up again. I'm sure, but. Oh, without a doubt. That was kind of, I guess, to me, the last notable game of the weekend. Um, and then there was Iowa-Michigan, I guess, 14 versus 19 upset there with Michigan winning. But um, other than that, it was kind of just a chill weekend in college football. It really was. I guess I had greater expectations for some of the games. And when they were just kind of like, meh. I don't know. I was like, well, all right, well, I'm glad I watched some of the games, but also I didn't miss anything huge. Yeah, same. I felt my, like, I found myself doing other things instead of watching games just because there were not that many close games. So I was, like, kind of uninvested the entire day, I felt like. Yeah. I feel like last weekend, well, the weekend before this last weekend was, like, such a good weekend to watch college football and then this weekend was just kind of like meh and then this upcoming weekend how are you feeling about um the games this coming weekend like what's your game of the week well there's several games that i'm interested in watching Mm -hmm. but i would say my game of the week is florida at lsu just because it's an sec matchup Um, both teams are undefeated lsu's ranked fifth florida's ranked seventh Hopefully that's a close game. Um, I think it'll be pretty good. Um, It's also at a great time, 6 o'clock Mountain Time. Love those kickoffs. It's a perfect time. It's a perfect time to watch a football game. Um, But obviously interested to see what happens with Colorado and Oregon. And then Boise State is playing Hawaii um, on Saturday night. Was that your game of the week? It is not my game of the week, (laughs) but as a a fan of the Mountain West – and knowing that like Boise State is going to carry the Mountain West this season and pretty much for the last couple of years Boise State has carried the Mountain West I I just I'm excited for them excited for that game because I think Hawaii they're a strong team yeah, so that should I mean, be a very good game they're a solid team they've lost one game Boise's favored by 12 and a half points right now but you know that has the potential to be close Boise State could you know, definitely kind of like closing out in the second half, but it could also just be a close game throughout. So I'm interested to see what happens there and go Broncos. <laughs> so what's your game of the week? So I'm 
I'm going to pick two games because one I feel obligated to pick <laughs> um, based off of my geographic location. So I won't start with that one because I'm sure anyone who knows about the State Fair will know about this game. I'm I'm really excited for the Penn State-Iowa game. Um, I think it'll just be a really good Big Ten game. I think Penn State's going to win. Uh, both teams are ranked and both teams have done like fairly well and so I think it I think it'll be a close game that Penn State will win and then my other game is of course the Texas Oklahoma game and everyone and their mom in probably eastern Texas is gonna watch that that game it should be a really good matchup Texas is a good team this year. Oklahoma is a good team every year. And I think Oklahoma will probably win. <laughs> um, I'm a bad Texas fan. I'm a bad Austin resident. But, you know, I feel at least it's going to be a fun game. We're going to make some food and watch it. So, yeah, those are my two games of the week. All right. On another sports topic... We are very sad that Mark Titus has left the ringer. Pour one out. Pour one out. (laughs) Currently pouring one out. So what was it, like two weeks after Tate announced he was leaving? I mean, basically, it was so quick. Yeah, very quick. We just poured one out for Tate. I know. So for those of you who don't know, Emily and I's favorite sports podcast is – one shining podcast is slash was i don't know the hosts are both not with the company anymore so i don't really know (laughs) if they're gonna find new hosts if it's just gonna be done not really sure what to expect there i hope it's not over but i if they if they do keep going with it i they've got to find like great hosts it's going to be really hard to compete with the back and forth that um the two of them had so ugh. Very sad. My brother got me a, for my birthday a couple years ago, a One Shining podcast t-shirt. And I was going through my clothes the other day because I was getting out winter clothes and putting away summer clothes because Mm -hmm. it's supposed to snow in Colorado on Thursday. (laughs) Sad. And I saw the shirt and I just, I literally just made a sad face by myself in my apartment. I was like, (laughs) just such a good great like source of laughter you know when you're at work or commuting or whatever and I just feel like there's no college basketball podcast that is like it because the other ones are so analytical and like not really funny so I just hope that somehow it gets revived and is still good Maybe someone will drop a bag for them to like come back. do a spinoff. Well, not come back, but like <laughs> start like, a new, like a one shining podcast too. Um, unfortunately, there probably won't be a producer, Kyle, but like, oh God, maybe uh, they'll like go back into doing that because they're journalists. So they'll likely do some type of journalism. Yeah, I guess. But Tate like didn't really like doing podcasts. It sounds like so. I don't know. Um, oh. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, they talked about that in, like, the farewell episode of One Shining Podcast where they yeah. send off, like, um, Mark 
Titus was like, yeah, it was never really in his long-term plan. He didn't want to be a podcast person long-term. So I don't know. I think, I mean, it'd be great if, you know, (laughs) say Bill Simmons was like, here, I'll give you like this much money to like keep doing this podcast. But that's not going to happen, unfortunately. And it's probably not even about the money. No, I, I don't think it's it does not yeah. feel like that. Um, just kind of moving on from things. But yeah, so that's in sad news this week. <laughs> Hopefully, it's the last time we have like a sad news about like someone quitting the ringer or quitting anywhere and being like, <laughs> I guess we don't have someone to give us content. Hopefully, Shay's not next. Oh my God. What if he is like, I wrote this book. I'm going on tour. Um, I'm done writing for the ringer. Oh gosh. That would be Oof. really sad. It would um, be. So logically when these kind of things happen, one needs to have a glass of wine. <laughs> to pour one out. Pour one out. Yes. So what wine are you enjoying this week? So this weekend, like I said, I was on the lovely East Coast. I was in the great East Coast city of Washington, D.C. And then all of the great East Coast cities that are like near Washington, D.C. And I went to this vineyard called Linden and had a village Chardonnay and it was delightful. Hmm. So it was, it was solid, Village. solid wine. We'll drink again. That sounds like a lovely name for that. <laughs> yes. It was super cute. This little little vineyard. It's just a cute little house type thing next to all these grapes that were growing. I was like, oh, I'm in nature the <laughs> way God intended. Uh, I was going to say that sounds like about the only type of nature I'm interested in unless it's like <laughs> – in Boulder, having mimosas on a patio with the flat irons in the background or something. Yes, it's like beautiful, and you know you're close to nature. You're like, yes, I can feel it. Yes, <laughs> yes. You're not like, oh, I might see a mountain lion today. No, thank you. I have a, pass. I have an irrational fear of mountain lions. I mean, that's fair. You could have personal experience, but it's yeah. Fine. <laughs> what wine are you drinking? <laughs> The one that you gave me when you came and saw my apartment for the first time. Oh. It's very good. I'm going to butcher the name. Um, (laughs) It's like Doce Robles? Robles? I don't know. It's D-O-C-E space (laughs) R-O-B-L-E-S. It's a 2013 red wine. And it is very good. There's some good, like, fruit flavors, so I always love a good fruity wine that's not sweet. (laughs) Not sweet. Good. Anyone who is buying me wine for a Christmas present, which occasionally people do, because it's, like, a good, like, small gift to give someone, but, like, fruity red wines that are not sweet. Good thing your family listens to this podcast so they'll know. Yeah, good thing. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that's what I'm having this week. Thanks to you. Oh, I'm so glad that you enjoy it. Yeah. I tried it and was like, nope, oh. pass. Because <laughs> it's a red wine and yeah. I'm out on the red wines. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> what's your hot take of the week? Kind of going from, ugh. Yeah. As a reaction. Fair. So the Nuggets have their first preseason game tonight 
Yes. Um, against the Blazers. So just since we're on the topic of basketball, um, my hot take for the week is that the Nuggets are going to win the Western Conference Finals this year, but they will lose in the Finals. It's a somewhat hot take, I would say. <laughs> uh, just okay, like yep. based on the odds. Um, the, their odds are not terrible. So their odds to win the finals this year are 16 to 1. Mm-hmm. Which puts them in, let's see, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8th. Eighth, 8th eighth best odds in the league. Okay. So the Clippers are the favorite at 7 to 2. Uh, Lakers right behind them, four to one, and then the Bucks six to one. So that's my hot take of the week. I'm just really excited for basketball season. Um, can't wait till college basketball starts, also. But yeah, that's my hot take this week. Feel free to shame me for it because I'm sure people would be like, "That's stupid. What are you talking about? It's not going to happen." So um, go Nuggets. People will say that, and, like, when the Nuggets make it, you can be like, all right, all you naysayers, I told you. I told you back in October um, that they were going to make it. So that's a good hot take. It's definitely – it'd be reaching for the Nuggets, but I think they've been improving so much over the last couple of years that, you know, it could happen. Yeah, I mean, they have the best um, win percentage at home in the NBA, so um, yeah. at least they did last year. You know, that – that elevation though (laughs) yeah um so i mean even just like them being in the playoffs period is like they're automatically kind of at an advantage because of um the altitude and like their home court advantage regardless of who they're playing like that's gonna that's gonna help so i think last year you know they're still young um still kind of working on their team chemistry in terms of play and I think that that'll be better this year. Um, they'll just continue to improve. They've added a couple of new pieces, but um, not a ton of changes to the roster. No. So I'm hoping that they're just more confident this year mm-hmm. in terms of like decision-making in those really important moments. Um, last year, they kind of had a hard time like closing things out there in that series against Portland um, when it mattered at the end of games. And so my hope is that that's something that improves this year. So we'll see what happens. What's your hot take of the week? So my hot take has nothing to do with sports or anything that really matters in the world. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But I want to talk about a vegetable that's really had a really good glow up (laughs) that no one seems to appreciate. And it is Brussels sprouts. We talk about cauliflower having a glow up. It's in everything and it's disgusting. <laughs> like, I don't want to order cauliflower chicken nuggets that have no chicken in them. Like, what? I get people want a vegetarian option. Make tofu nuggets. That sounds better than cauliflower <laughs> chicken nuggets. But this isn't a hot take about how cauliflower is mediocre but did have a glow up. It's about the Brussels sprouts glow up. That Brussels sprouts, if you go to a lot of restaurants, you can get like grilled Brussels sprouts as like an appetizer, yeah. which I'm like, why are why is this an appetizer? What is this? But, like, why are we not talking about this in food circles, about how, like, Brussels sprouts are the thing? And 
people are still like, no, nah, they're gross. They aren't gross. They're on like every menu as like an appetizer. You can put bacon with them. Yeah. You can put cheese with them. You can do so many things and they're so good. And I that might be a hot take because people are very much opposed to Brussels sprouts. And pro cauliflower these days. Yes. Yeah. I mean, like you said, they're an appetizer on so many menus. They can be drenched in flavor like pretty easily restaurants yes. know how to do that maybe you know if you're cooking at home it's like not as easy to know exactly what to use it's very easy to make brussels but, sprouts at home <laughs> but i mean like that are super flavorful like they are in restaurants um i think like, you can definitely do it but i feel like they're always better at restaurants personally but yeah i mean they're always great when you get them in restaurants i don't like cooking them at home because i don't like the way they make like my apartment smell but, yeah. like, definitely have ordered them, like, as an appetizer before. So, several times. Definitely have not ordered a cauliflower appetizer before. No. No. And the way to make those Brussels sprouts, like, if you are, like, unsure about them, you should get them and split them with someone. Those folks out there who are listening who are like, I won't eat a Brussels sprout no matter what. Like, your hot take of them being, like, a very good thing is i this is for you try them most restaurants do some really good stuff with them and then when you decide you like them here's how you make those brussels sprouts at home you cook them in oil in a pan with some garlic and some seasoning don't be scared to season your food <laughs> friends you gotta use it you want your food to be flavorful throw in some bacon throw in some parmesan cheese oh my god you have a meal <laughs> um they're also really good baked. Like I'll do – well, not very often because like I said, I don't like the way they make my apartment smell. Um, <laughs> but when I do cook them, I'll like put them in a zip, big Ziploc bag, a gallon bag with olive oil, garlic, salt, pepper, um, like some sort of – you know, just like one of those random like mixed seasonings. Shake it all up. Put it in the oven. Cook up some bacon. Sprinkle that on top. A little Parmesan melt on there, like you said. It's great. And there's also tons of Pinterest recipes. Facts. For, like, dressed up Brussels sprouts that are just smothered in delicious things. So if you're not sure what to put with them, what to cook with them, there's no excuse, really. Because there's just so many recipes that you can easily find. And then you can appreciate... The glow up that they've had since we were children when they were like steamed Ugh. and disgusting. And now they're crisp and delicious. Yeah. And they deserve the recognition that cauliflower is getting because cauliflower is the weaker of the two. <laughs> yeah. They really soak up flavor super well. Yeah, they do. Sponge. <laughs> Um, also, during that segment, you like I just kept thinking that you sounded like Matt Bellasai from Wine About It. <laughs> I don't know if it was like the intonation or the words you were using or what, but it I, that's all I could think of. Um, so that's great. Who doesn't want to be like Matt Bellasai? He's hilarious. It's too bad I'm not like getting really drunk while talking about <laughs> the yeah, Brussels sprouts. Definitely not on that level. No, not even a little bit. <laughs> oh man so um do you want to talk about an episode that we're having coming up in a few weeks 
Yes. So this involves like engaging with you, the listener. So feel free to DM us on Twitter, email us, whatever. Our contact information, as per usual, is in the description of this podcast. Also, if you follow us on social media, you can it. You'll know. You can just tell us. So um, we're going to talk about dating because. Like we, when we started this podcast, we talked about um, kind of like that as a topic, especially as it relates to us being women who are into sports. Dranka works in sports, and so navigating that, and so we would want we want you all to like submit questions or like comments, concerns, interpretive dances. <laughs> if you do submit an interpretive dance. I'll make a GIF out of it and tweet it out, but I won't include it in the podcast notes because I don't know how to do that. I think that's impossible. <laughs> you are correct, <laughs> but I can link out to it. There you go. Yeah. So it'll, it'll kind of be like that Dennis Rodman episode that we just put out where we kind of focus on one topic. We're not going to do our usual like rundown of like all the things. Um, and it'll be kind of, Towards the end of the month, right before we really start getting into the college basketball pre-conference games, um, and hopefully we have we have you all submitting things that we can kind of unpack. Yeah, dating is the spookiest, the so, worst, the worst. So, um, just in the theme of Halloween and scary things, putting an episode out the week of Halloween. And my brother is going to join us as our guest to give that male perspective. When I texted him that we need a male perspective, I spelled it as in postal mail. So he already has roasted me for that. Um, <laughs> and I'm sure I'll do that on the episode when we record. Oh, definitely. It'll be great. So, you know, we'll kind of discuss some like red flag deal breakers where the three of us are at on that and debate those. So if you have a scenario, whether it's happened in real life or you've just like thought about it before where you're like, I wonder what, how people feel about this, this X thing, would it be a red flag or a deal breaker for people? Um, you can send in those ideas. You can email us um, or you can DM us on Twitter at Sports Corks or you can DM Emily or I personally. If you have any funny screenshots from conversations on dating apps or texts that you've had, um, we will blur out all names. So don't worry about that. Um, what else can people send in? If they have situations that they're yeah. not really sure what's going on. <laughs> I mean, um, isn't that every situation that every millennial yeah. dating is experiencing right now? That's the problem. <laughs> the classic situationship. Yep. Yes. It's nonsensical. Yeah. But. You're not in a relationship, but there's like feelings involved. <laughs> Very common. So mm. we will be giving our advice and just kind of like debating funny things because there are a lot of funny things to talk about in terms of dating. So hopefully it'll be an entertaining episode and just kind of like less serious. 100%.
Do you have any other personal plugs? I do not. I have zero personal plugs. Do you? Just the usual. Check out Tailgate Society articles. Check out the pods. Um, There's some out like every day of the week. So there's something to strike your fancy every day, whether it's drunk dialing. That's a very interactive podcast. You can even dial in and chat with them or crossing the aisle. Um, so we've got everything from sports to politics. Um, so subscribe, rate, review for all of them, but for sure, you know, (laughs) subscribe at minimum, not uh, if you're like, I don't want to rate or review, like just subscribe, put us in your feed. Yeah. Touch of a button. Simple as that. Yeah. You don't have to listen to like every episode. We get it. Like sometimes you skip a week. Yeah. It's fine, but then we're at least still in that feed, so get after it. We have an average of five stars on (laughs) Apple Podcasts right now, so let's keep that up. Yes. If you have anything that's, like, negative, please email us um, your concerns, and we will work to correct it. Yeah, we want to know if there's certain things that annoy you or things that you think are great. Um, Both of those things are helpful to know, so... Give us your feedback. Do you have a bigger than sports moment? Yes. So um, one of the Nuggets players, Gary Harris, did a nice little event for kids over the weekend. He hosted a bowling outing in the Denver area, and it was a partnership with the Boys and Girls Club. So a bunch of kids from Boys and Girls Club came out and got to bowl with him. Um, some of their family members got to come. And he partnered with a nonprofit that um, provides bikes to kids who can't afford them and surprised a bunch of kids with new bikes. So that was just a nice little feel-good thing. You know, players, this was not like a team-sanctioned thing. It was just something he wanted to do. And I just think it's really nice when players do those, put on those kind of events because it's, you know, it's coming out of their pocket. It's nothing that the team is like telling them they need to do or be at. They're just doing it for the kids because it's something that they want to put on. And it's just nice to see people who have a lot and can provide those kind of opportunities for kids who don't have a lot when they do those things. So that is my nice feel good moment of the week. And it's a very good one. It's a, it's such a good story and how Harris talks about seeing similar events when he was growing up and how it kind of inspires that. Like that's just, it's so good to see it come full circle. Yeah. And he was involved with boys and girls club when he grew up. He was part of that program. So um, it's just kind of nice how he you know, saw the benefits that he had from it and wants to continue by giving back to kids who are currently part of that program in the area. So props to Gary Harris. Good job. For sure. If you have any um, bigger than sports moments you want us to talk about, again, like we say, our DMs are open. Let us know. We don't see everything that happens on the internet when it comes to um, good sports moments. So send them to us. We love talking about them. They're our favorite. Um, yeah. Slide into those DMs. Only positive things. 
positive things in the DMs, you can uh, submit critical feedback via email, please. Yep. Yep, yep. (laughs) But that's all I've got for this week. You got anything else, Emily? That's all I got. NBA back again. Back at it again with the white bands. (laughs) Or Jordans, whatever you're wearing. Yeah, probably Jordans. Yeah, (laughs) it's all good. All right, we'll see you next week. Bye. Emily and Emily, sports and court.